This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Zoomer Week in Review, heard every Sunday at noon on Zoomer Radio. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by CARP, a new vision of aging. Support CARP with your membership today. Visit carp.ca. Good afternoon and welcome to the Zoomer Week in Review, all things Zoomer worldwide. I'm Libby Snymer. Want to be happy? Think like an old person. So says author John Leland of the New York Times after following the lives of six of the city's oldest old. And are you ready for self-driving cars or looking to buy the latest luxury vehicle on the market? With the Detroit Auto Show underway, consultant Dennis DeRossier is here with the latest automotive trends for the Zoomer demographic. But first, here are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. Britain now has a minister for loneliness. It's in response to an epidemic that can lead to early death, not only in the UK, but in all wealthy nations, including Canada. Officials call it a public health crisis that affects 1.4 million elderly in this country. In a statement, British Prime Minister Theresa May said that for far too many, loneliness is a sad reality and she wants to confront the challenge. She's appointed a politician to work with charities focused on at-risk groups, including the elderly, refugees, and new parents to create a better government strategy. The 96-year-old former Nazi dubbed the bookkeeper of Auschwitz has lost his appeal to avoid jail time. Oskar Gruning was sentenced this week to four years in jail for helping to run the Auschwitz death camp 73 years ago in German-occupied Poland during the Second World War. He's been living at his home in western Germany since he was found guilty in 2015. The Friends of Simon Wiesenthal Center lobbied for jail time, saying justice must be served for the millions of women, men, and children whose lives were cut short due to hatred. Hard to believe in this day and age, but Sri Lanka is in the news this week for its wildly outdated and sexist law. The country's president reimposed a ban on women buying alcohol and being employed in places where booze is made and sold. His order came just days after the country's finance minister revoked the 138-year-old ban. While the previous law was not always strictly enforced, many Sri Lankan women had welcomed the change that would have allowed women over the age of 18 to buy alcohol legally. Those 60-plus in Japan have one request. Quit calling them seniors. A survey shows an overwhelming 90% in their 60s reject the label. This group of baby boomers, including many who took part in student protests in the 60s, see themselves as a generation of trendsetters. A similar shift was seen among those in their 50s. The online survey was done by the research institute Hakuhodo. I'm Libby Snymer, and those are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. 
Three years ago, author John Leland started following the lives of six New Yorkers over 85, one of the fastest-growing demographics in the city. What emerged were stories focusing not on declining health, but rather on the things they can still do that are rewarding. It serves as a lesson for those who are not yet there, and as the basis for John's upcoming book, Happiness is a Choice You Make. I reached him in New York. It began from looking at the demographic numbers, and that group that's called the oldest old, people 85 and over, are one of the fastest growing age groups in the country. So we wanted to do something with that, and it took a while to figure out exactly what to do. And how did you come to the way you chose to do it? Well, I began thinking, let's do this story, let's do a story about uh, people falling and losing their mobility, and let's do a story about uh, people losing their vision. And there were all the problems you could do, and it seemed like I knew what all those stories were without reporting them. So finally, I just decided, well, I'll just spend a year with six people and see what kind of stories come up. And did you expect it? To be a story of uh, loss and frailty and ill health? I assumed that that's what I was going to do. One of the people that's inspired me, the gerontologist here, says, my job was rewriting the book of Job, and that's what I set out to do. And, And I was quite surprised that although those hardships were there, they were never, in the case of none of these people, were they how they defined themselves. That was something they lived with, but they defined themselves by the things that they could do, not what they lost. And how did you choose the people? I wanted a mix of people in different parts of the city, different parts of the economy, different races, uh, sexual orientations. So, uh, you know, I, I set out and I interviewed, I don't know, 100, 150 people and found a cast that, that, that had very different experiences, some doing well, some not doing so well. Uh, some of them are really unforgettable, like the, the story of this woman, Helen Moses, who fell in love with a guy in a retirement home, Howie Zemer. She wanted to marry him, and her kids didn't want that. Yeah, it's, I think that's a common story. They miss Dad, and also the daughter... In Helen's case, felt she was more competent to take care of her mother's care than Howie, the man she was dating, would be. And if they got married, uh, Howie would be in a position where he might be making medical decisions for her. This is, uh, you know, love at a very advanced age. And they are, that couple is just hilarious. We've had these conversations where Howie would say, I thought Helen would be the love of my life, but she turned out to be. And Helen would say... I can't, I, what are you saying? I can't hear you, but it better be good. <laughs> and, and they spend all their time together still? They do, except in the last year, they, there was some renovation in the home that they live in, and they got moved to different floors, and people who live on different floors eat at different dining rooms at different times. So where they used to have all their meals together, now they're in strange company, and that works out for Helen, who's very sociable, but Howie has been uh, isolated a little bit because of it. What you found was that people are concentrating on the things that they do. So there's uh, a woman named Ping Wong, and, and she's still playing Mahjong, 92. Yeah, and loving it. And, you know, I, I wrote a book from the series that comes out on January 23rd, and that's called Happiness is a Choice You Make. And it's about that idea that 
that we're all going to have hardships in our lives, and the older people certainly had them. But they had to make a choice whether they lived in those hardships and defined themselves by those or by that daily mahjong that you're playing with the same three women that you've been playing with for years. If you look at research on happiness, it's, it's already well known that as people get older, they get happier. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of different explanations for that. The one I like comes from a woman at Stanford, Laura Carstensen, who runs the Longevity Center there. And she says, younger people have a long time frame in front of them. So they're gathering as much information as they can. And some of that's going to be positive and some's going to be negative. They'll take organic chemistry, they'll go on blind dates, and these two things, if we've done them, as you know, they can be pretty miserable. <laughs> and, yep. and older people have a short time from in front of them, so they concentrate on things that will give them pleasure in the moment, right now. They don't take organic chemistry. They don't go on blind dates. And that's the secret. That's, that's the explanation that she makes, and it's the best one that I've been able to come across. What did you learn from following these people for a year? I learned how to be much happier in my own life, not to dwell on my problems. I've got them just like the older people have them. But I had so much good going for me. I had so many things to be grateful for. I had so much to look forward to that I put my time into those things. And what do you think the rest of us have to learn from them? I think it would be that same example. You know, something's happening to you and it looks pretty bad, whatever it might be. But it's not the whole of you. And at the same time, you're suffering whatever this is. You're benefiting from so much around you. You didn't have to invent sex. Other people took care of that. So that's a pleasure that you can enjoy. Same with chocolate. Same with indoor plumbing. So there's so much to be grateful for uh, every day that we should not, we don't need to uh, just dwell on our problems. Okay. Anything else that you would like to leave us with? I think it comes from Jonas Meckes, and he was one of the people in it, and he's 95, and he's still making movies. And he says, keep dancing, keep singing, have a good drink, and do not be too serious. Happiness is a normal state, and I think that's correct. Okay. That sounds great to me. Congratulations on your book coming out. Oh, thank you so much. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. That was author John Leland, whose book, Happiness is a Choice You Make, comes out next week. I'm Libby Zneimer, and this is the Zoomer Week in Review. Coming up, Ford is out with a new bullet Mustang to mark the 50th anniversary of the groundbreaking movie. That and more from the Detroit Auto Show. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by CARP, a new vision of aging. Support CARP with your membership today. Visit carp.ca. Hi, I'm Molly McQueen, and Steve McQueen was my grandfather. This October marks the 50th anniversary of his iconic film, Bullet. It's crazy. You talk to people about great car chase movies, and it still remains the gold standard. Now, we all know he loved cars, and truthfully, he could have picked any car in the world to be in that movie. But he chose the Mustang. That's the launch of Ford's brand new Bullet Mustang at the Detroit Auto Show. It's coming out to mark the 50th anniversary of the iconic movie. That nod to nostalgia is just one of the highlights that will appeal to the Zoomer demographic. I talked about the other trends with Dennis DeRossier of DeRossier Automotive Consultants. 
It's the premium and the luxury vehicle segments that are really, really hot, led by Mercedes, BMW, and Audi, which are the top three luxury brands. And the Zoomers are buying them in record numbers. We've had, I think, six or seven record years in a row in that area of the automotive market. And when you look at the product, uh, it's very much geared to that particular segment. It's quite spectacular. It's full of goodies and technology that the older you get, the more you want. And so, Such as? What, what are the features? Well, that a lot of the technologies that they're introducing uh, that would fit into the Zoomer category are safety-related. If you take this whole autonomous vehicle movement, now mind you, that's a few years out before we're going to see them in any great numbers. As you get older and older, you get more and more fragile, and you have to start taking driving tests. And a lot of the old, the oldest people in our society are actually uh, not able to drive. Uh, their licenses are being taken from them. As you move to autonomous vehicle, it gives them an opportunity to come back into the marketplace and have more freedom. Uh, it may even be as much as a decade out, mm-hmm. but at some point we're going to have driverless vehicles, essentially pods, that, you know, if somebody who is 70 or 80 years old wants to go to the mall and pick up something for the grandkids, they can just dial up a vehicle, will arrive at your door, there won't be a driver in it, and will take you to wherever you want to go and let you off and either wait for you or come back and pick you up and take you home. That will give the oldest part of the population a lot more freedom. They're also very safe. The baby boomer uh, is the largest buyer of minivans. Wow. Why do they need to buy a minivan? You'd think that the 20-year-olds would be the buyers. Those are the ones with the kids. Well, they may have the kids, and they buy a lot of minivans, too, but they drop kids off with mom and dad and or even, even more elderly, grandpa and grandma. And they need to uh, haul them around to the parks and shopping and all that kind of stuff. This generation is very, very active and is encouraged to be even more active. And a lot of these light trucks that are being introduced are very, very much geared to activity lifestyles. Are there any features that automakers are introducing, like, for instance, making it easier to get in and out of the car? They've spent a lot of time over the years to get in and out of vehicles, but an awful lot of the features that you see at the auto shows are taking some of the driving functions away from the driver. So it's it's, uh, automatic parking and active cruise control. You just set it, and you don't have to worry about coming up onto a vehicle too fast. It will back off. Blind spot detectors. These things become uh, necessary as you get older, and the vehicle companies are playing to that. Now, is that something that you would find on a lower or mid-priced car, or is that only going to be in the luxury sector? Well, it obviously always starts in the luxury segment, but you'd be amazed how much this technology is coming down into the mass market. It's not necessarily into your base model Ford Focus, but, you know, it's an awful lot of the compact SUVs have a lot of this technology in it. The average transaction price for everybody across Canada is just under $40,000, and 45 plus would be at least 10000 more than that, and probably as you go up, it would even get Get higher. Now, the three big trends, uh, the move to premium luxury in a very big way led by the Zoomers, the move to safety and all this, the technology that's being put into cars, and the move to light trucks. Those are the three big Zoomer trends in the auto sector these days. 
And a little bit of nostalgia. There's a lot of vehicles. Uh, You know, the old Volkswagen Beetle is there. This was the 50th anniversary of the classic movie Bullet, which featured, I believe, the first big car chase and Steve McQueen. Absolutely. And now um, Ford has come out with a new Bullet Mustang. Yeah, and actually, I saw the intro of that on Sunday afternoon. It was really, really well done. The new one is a wonderful rendition of the old one. You know, the three-bar taillight on the old Mustangs, it's there, and and obviously the fastback is there. Are boomers going to buy it? Well, there is some nostalgia there, and so, and they do have the money. It's obviously much more vehicle from a horsepower point of view, than, but there's a lot of Zoomers that have a lot of use left in them, and I could see that. And how much does that, uh, the new bullet, cost? I would imagine that it would uh, be under 100000 but it would be up there. Okay. Dennis DeRossier, thanks so much. Always a pleasure. Thank you very much for the opportunity. That was automobile consultant Dennis DeRossier. I'm Libby Snymer, and this is the Zoomer Week in Review. Coming up, we celebrate a beloved country singer-songwriter who just became the Guinness World Record holder for the most decades with a top 20 hit on the U.S. country song charts and by a female artist. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by CARP, a new vision of aging. Support CARP with your membership today. Visit carp.ca. Welcome back to the Zoomer Week in Review, all things Zoomer worldwide. I'm Libby Snymer. It's time for your International Arts Date Book. Tips for those of you who are jetting around the world. Here's Jane Brown. The Museum of the City of New York has opened a photography exhibit honoring Dr. Martin Luther King, 50 years after his assassination on what would have been his 89th birthday. Dr. King was a frequent presence in New York City. The largest light festival in the UK is on in London. More than 40 artworks are using light to explore the city's most iconic buildings, landscapes, and architecture. Frankel Gallery in San Francisco is presenting art and vinyl, featuring artists who've created original works on records, including Picasso's depiction of a white dove printed directly onto the surface of Paul Robeson's Songs of Peace from 1949. Other artists include Andy Warhol. And for the first time in history, the Albert Einstein Archive is on display in Taiwan. The memorabilia includes Einstein's collection of vinyl records and his Nobel Prize. I'm Jane Brown, and that's the International Arts Datebook. Country music legend Dolly Parton celebrated her 72nd birthday this week. Born in Tennessee, the fourth of 12 children, she describes her family as dirt poor. As a young child, Parton began singing on local radio and TV, and by 13, she was recording her own records and performing at the Grand Ole Opry. The album, Hello, I'm Dolly, kick-started her professional career in 1966, The same year, she married Carl Thomas Dean, her husband to this day. A year later, she teamed up with Porter Wagner to produce many duets. The writing team split in 1974 and inspired Dolly to write one of her most iconic songs that was eventually covered by the late Whitney Houston, whose version became one of the best-selling singles of all time. Here is Dolly Parton with 
I will always love you. That was singer-songwriter Dolly Parton with her 1974 hit "I Will Always Love You." She celebrated her 72nd birthday this week. And that brings us to the end of this week's edition of the Zoomer Weekend Review. I'm Libby Snymer. Thanks for joining me today. Be sure to come back next week to stay up to date with all things Zoomer worldwide. You've been listening to the Zoomer Weekend Review, produced by MZ Media Limited. Executive producer Moses Nimer, produced by Christine Ross, Michelle Saunders, Paul Thomas, and Andre Lowy. This has been an exclusive podcast of the Zoomer Week in Review, heard every Sunday at noon on Zoomer Radio. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.